The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome back to our show, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. And I just really want to thank all of our listeners for your support, for passing this show on to your friends and coworkers, maybe even some relatives, um, and also for letting other people know uh, who might be interested in supporting uh, this uh, very um, unique project in a way of uh, through a a sponsorship and um, I know that all of you out there know of people who um, probably would like to be connected to this program and we would love to have you um, join us. So uh, today's program is um, called Conflict Resolution, Terrify, Don't Be. Actually, this is a continuation of the August 14th, 2017 segment called People Respecting People. I introduced the idea of self-responsibility for how we are received by others and how we um, make choices in how we're going to uh, uh, receive other people. The basic concepts of this are basically everyone wants to be heard and everyone wants to be respected. If we can remember those two things in our interactions with pretty much everybody else, we'll do pretty good. However, it's hard to remember it when we're in a conflict. So if we give respect to others, they tend to give that back in return. It's one of the ways that you can um, diminish conflict or or if, if there's a Uh, angry situation is by lowering your own voice, becoming very um, relaxed yourself, and suddenly the other person starts to do the same thing. And that's pretty much how this works too. Um, At the the time of the other show, uh, People Respecting People, I said that periodically we would go deeper into this subject, and that's what this session is, a deeper dive. So, in in general, conflict is a terrifying subject for many, if not most, people. My home is Minnesota, and it's known for its niceness. It's even called Minnesota Nice. But a closer look reveals, uh, uh, for many people and in many situations, a passive-aggressive reality that underlies that niceness. Some people might say that it is the outcome when people avoid conflict. I suspect that Minnesota is not alone in this. Uh, I think there's probably quite a few other people that uh, experience a desire to avoid rather than to engage in conflict. What industry could be more conflict-laden than healthcare? Our reality on a daily basis is that we deal with life and death. Our clients and their families come in fearful, Care providers have multiple worries and fears, including the well-being of their clients, but also financial, legal, ego. Wait a minute. Ego? Uh, We'll come back to that. When we come right down to what scares us the most about conflict, 
um, it has to do with the fear of looking bad, embarrassing ourselves, um, getting into trouble, dealing with an explosion of emotion, either our own or the other people that are involved with us. So that really comes down to ego. Um, some people say, if you can let go of ego, uh, in fact, I, I heard an obstetrician one time say, um, if no one cares about who gets the credit, there is nothing that people cannot do. And it's kind of the same when we get into conflict. If no one cares who is designated as the right person, we can go a lot further in discussing, dialoguing, uh, and coming to some um, uh, common interests. And that's what all, uh, uh, dealing with conflict or conflict resolution is really all about. So uh, whether we look at a conflict as a positive or a negative has a lot to do with what our experience with conflict has been. More specifically, what the outcome has been. Did we come out a winner or a loser? In fact, in, in good conflict resolution, uh, it is most effective when everyone wins or uh, everyone gets some of what they want, if not all of what they want. Uh, having a positive outcome has a lot to do with our options in dealing with it. My dad was a watchmaker. He had a whole line of tools right beside him on his desk every day that he reached for and knew exactly where that tool was at any given moment. But he used to say, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And if you have a, a box full of tools, you have a better chance at a better result. And that's what I found is true with conflict also. So um, some of our tools for conflict uh, have probably been proposed for nearly as long as humans have been around. Um, you think about as long as we can even have conflict with ourselves. So if we can't avoid conflicting with ourselves, then how on earth can we ever uh, avoid conflicting with other people? So conflict is not um, uh, whether it will happen. Uh, it, it definitely will happen. Um, there's so many conflicts. We see them all the time in nature uh, where one species is, is needing to feed off of another species and so on and so forth. And certainly we see them in our everyday lives. So conflict just is, whether it's positive or negative, has more to do with how we deal with it. So with that um, uh, bag of tools, in the last half century or possibly even more than that, there's been quite a bit of agreement on um, a handful of conflict tools. Uh, the ones I have used with hundreds of clients over the years are from Thomas Kilman and Alexander Hyam. Both can be accessed online if you wanted to do a conflict assessment. So Thomas Kilman is spelled K-I-L-M-A-N-N, and Alexander Hyam is H-I-A-M. Um, and I can recommend both of them. They're very, very excellent. So um, just a mini explanation of kind of what those major tools are that many people agree on. Uh, there's five that we call uh, styles, uh, basic styles for dealing with conflict. And they may sound pretty familiar to you. Uh, you probably do use some or all of them at some point in your life, whether you're aware that's what you're doing or not. We tend to um, use one 
or maybe two uh, the most. So it's sort of the ones that we feel most confident with or comfortable with. And if we overuse them, it's just as uh, bad as if we underuse them. We don't use them when we should be using them. So let's talk about these five. Give a little bit of, uh, put a little flesh on them and, and explain what they are and what they're best used for. So avoid would be the first one. And we've just been talking about that. And it's something that um, all of us at some point uh, or time in our life want to avoid. Uh, something that we just don't feel comfortable with, we feel overwhelmed, we feel like we're out of our element. Um, It's just too scary to get into it. Uh, That's the time when we want to use avoid. And certainly when we're in a situation of danger to ourselves, this is an excellent tool to use, Um, concentrating on getting away or uh, calming perhaps the other person but you know basically you just you don't want to meet your own needs you don't want to meet the other person's needs you just want to um, remove yourself from it so another time that um, you might want to use it is when somebody has approached you and it's been a surprise to you or um, you you need to have some time to think about the issue Especially introverts have a tendency to not want to just start talking about a subject. Um, they want to think about it first before they feel comfortable to be able to come back and have a dialogue or discussion about it. It's perfectly fine to uh, tell the other person, thank you very much for letting me know about this uh, situation you're concerned about. It concerns me also, and I do want to talk about it. I just can't do it right now. Uh, if you can even make a date, you know, maybe the next day at three o'clock in the afternoon or something so that that other person can let go too and feel like, okay, it's all right, we're not going to talk about it now, but we will talk about it. Um, that's when avoid is most helpful. Um, on the other hand, um, it, it, this um, style is about not resolving anyone's interests uh, right at that moment. And that can create more frustration on the part of the other person. Um, Let's see here. Uh, When you're surprised by that person, if they come up to you and you just had no idea that this conflict was around, you might find yourself becoming quite emotional or you might be confused, um, not knowing where this is coming from, not something that you were aware of. And so um, uh, that also can can be um, a hard time to just go into something with someone. So uh, it's a it's a place that, that can be helpful. If you only avoid, um, people get very frustrated with you. And um, it can get to the point where they don't ask you because why ask you when you never seem to want to speak up or you never want to you know, discuss anything, you don't seem to have any ideas. Um, And so you can get left out of the discussion, and that's not really what you want either. So um, just being aware of what that tool is, what it's about, and when to use it and not use it. Compete is another one that can be um, very challenging for people. People who like compete, uh, this basically means that uh, you are going to uh, take care of your own interests and your own uh, desires, needs, um, but not look at what the other person's. You are you are not interested in the relationship. You are just interested in getting whatever it is that you feel you need to get. 
this is a fantastic thing in sports and why we have so many sports, because it is interesting to watch two different groups of people uh, using their best abilities, their best uh, mindsets, their knowledge about various different things to be able to um, uh, to really uh, win the game. So we don't want to look at people in sports who are stepping back and saying, oh, we just got a goal. Here, please go through and get your own goal. That will be, you know, um, so fair. So um, the time that you might, that you do want to use it also would be if um, it's very important that you get what you need and you're not going to perhaps have any more interactions with this person. You don't have a relationship with them. Um and in that case, uh, it can be a very good time to be able to um, use that opportunity for conflict. I mean, excuse me, for compete. Um, I'll give you an example of uh, a time when I needed to have wisdom teeth removed and the um, oral surgeon informed me that I would need to have a panoramic dental x-ray done. Well, my insurance um, covered just one time per lifetime, one of these x-rays, which are fairly expensive. And I had already had it done by my dentist who sent me to the oral surgeon. So I asked the dentist if he would please send that um, x-ray to the oral surgeon prior to my surgery. And he agreed, sure, no problem. Two weeks later, or rather two weeks before the surgery, um, I again went back to the dental office and said, have you been able to send that x-ray on? And they said, no, they forgot they would do it right away. Well, of course, when I got to the oral surgeon's office, of course, they had not sent it on. And the surgeon said, no problem. We'll just do the x-ray again and we'll charge you. And I, of course, expected never to have an interaction with this gentleman again and um, did not want to pay for it since I felt like I had done everything I could to avoid it. And so I just... I said, no way, I don't care who does pay for it, but it's not going to be me. And um, I don't know to this day who did pay for it, but I didn't. So um, uh, the next one is accommodate. And this is a favorite of many care providers. It means that um, you are giving into the other person's interests while not looking at or denying your own interests. And we tend to love to help to fix other, other people's problems uh, to be needed. And uh, this is uh, great if we only use it when we really don't have an opinion or we don't really care very much about how things come out. But for those of us who actually sacrifice our needs consistently for the um, desires of other people, we are actually giving up our credibility, much like when uh, you use only avoid. Um, it begins to be that people um, feel like you're, you are always going to do what they want, and they can sort of treat you as um, sort of a doormat. We're going to come back and talk more about these, but I would like to take a quick break here. And, um, and go on, on a break. Uh, this has been uh, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, in case you're just checking in. I am Leanne Meyer. Our topic today is um, conflict resolution. Terrified? Don't be. We will be back in just a couple of minutes. And when we return, I would uh, love to hear from people if you have some comments, uh, experiences, etc., that you would like to share with us. Uh, that phone number is 866 472 5792. And thank you so much. We'll be right back. Your 
You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer again, and uh, our segment today, if you're just joining us, is called um, Conflict Resolution, Terrified? Don't be. We have been talking about um, the styles or the tools that we can use that are our choices that we can use when we're in a conflict situation. Uh, having more styles or more tools to choose from uh, makes it more likely that we're going to have a positive outcome. So, so far we've talked about avoid and compete, uh, two that are used pretty extensively in our world. And uh, they're also, ironically, the two most frustrating styles for other people, including people who tend to use avoid uh, as their main or only way of dealing with conflict. And also people who are compete, they don't like to deal with people who avoid and they don't like to deal with people who compete necessarily. So um, we're also now talking about accommodate, and accommodate is about uh, meeting the needs of someone else, but not necessarily meeting your own needs. And um, it, this is something that caregivers love to do. We love to be needed. We love to help other people. We've got great ideas and always feel like we can problem solve. Uh, and so we tend to get into this, but sometimes we get into it too much. So uh, we may be in the situation where we're using accommodate all the time because we want people to like us. But what ends up happening is that uh, if they don't return the favor to us, which we're expecting that they will understand, you've just made a tremendous sacrifice on their behalf and surely they will want to help you in return. Um, you can start to get very um, frustrated with the other people. You start to feel like they're abusing or, or uh, using you and they certainly are. 
but it's not always all their fault. It may be that they don't realize that you are making a sacrifice on their behalf. Maybe to them, they they think as you're saying, oh, sure, no problem, I can take care of that. Um, so when you're using this, it's really a good idea, both for you and for other people, that um, think in terms of, how important is this person to you? Is this someone you're going to be interacting with many times again? Um, and how important is the outcome? So if you really don't care, yeah, absolutely say, sure, I'd be more than happy to help you with whatever it is you're asking for. If indeed it is important to you and you are sacrificing, it's very important that you tell them that. So you may want to use this opportunity to negotiate which um, many of us in healthcare are not always very good at doing this, uh, this little piece. So what you basically want to do, say somebody has asked you to take their shift maybe for the next, um, the next day, and it's actually going to be a hardship for you. You're going to have to move things around, but it's doable. You think you could do that. But on the other hand, you really would like to have the next holiday off, and you might be able to use that as a negotiation. I'd be happy to take your shift tomorrow for you. Would you be able to do the next holiday for me? Now, at this point, you've given the message to them that um, you are going to stand up for yourself. You're happy to help whenever you can, but um, that doesn't mean that you are um, a doormat that they can just continue to ask of you and not return anything um, uh, to help you. So um, the odd thing about this, and this is true not only with coworkers, but also in families, I think many times uh, those of us who are caregivers, um, we are sort of uh, moved in the direction of feeling like it is our duty to sacrifice for other people uh, as much of the time as possible. And that's not, um, it's not really healthy for us and it's not healthy for the people you're with. So oddly enough, the more you stand up for yourself when it is important and uh, stand up and say what you think about a subject when it is important to you, the more esteem you will receive from your coworkers and from your family. Um, they feel that you are respecting yourself and therefore they will tend to respect you more also. Um, so the next one is compromise. And compromise and collaborate are actually the next two of the five tools. And they are pretty much the same thing other than how the outcome comes out. So um, in order to do either of these uh, styles, you have to determine to put in some time with the other person to listen and hear each other out, to brainstorm some great possible ideas, work through um, with the majority if there's more than two of you working on it, uh, to see what is the best possible solution for the most number of people. And then work out uh, how it might be possible that everyone can win something and um, not, and, uh, not necessarily get everything they want, that would be compromise, uh, but everybody gets something. And um, the downside with this one and with Collaborate is it takes a lot of time, it takes mutual respect and patience. And also each of the members have to be uh, responsible adults because each need to put in and be a part of the discussion at the time the discussion is going on. 
So Collaborate is much like this, um, except that everyone is working together like on a puzzle for a cohesive whole that everyone wants to win uh, from uh, the efforts that they're making. So an example of this would be, um, this is kind of a good uh, season to talk about pumpkins. So say somebody brought a pumpkin to your work and there were several of you that wanted the pumpkin. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic and I'm so happy to see this and I really want it. And then pretty soon two other people tell this person that they also want the, the pumpkin. Compromise would be about uh, deciding, uh, again, putting your cards on the table and deciding how it might be that this uh, pumpkin could be divided so that everybody gets some and uh, that nobody is left out. Um, the thing with Collaborate is that it's a win-win. So you, you really have to work a little bit harder. Everybody has to think in terms of what is a win for each person. So let's say one of the people in your team wants to, just loves to roast those pumpkin seeds. And maybe one of the other people is really looking to bake pies and they're very good at it. In fact, they might even bring one back in for the whole group. And perhaps the last person, the third person is looking to make a jack-o'-lantern out of the pumpkin. So in that case, if you just, everybody puts their cards on the table of what it is they want the, the pumpkin for, everyone can get all of what they want. Um, and then again, if it comes to the point where everybody wanted to make a pie, then you do have to compromise and uh, you probably cut it into three pieces and um, you get some of what you want, but not all of what you want. So compromise and collaborate are the ones that we always think we're working toward, but not necessarily. And again, in a situation where there isn't a lot of time, then that's perhaps not going to be the best solution for everyone. Um, each of these five styles have a positive aspect to them and a negative aspect to them, as I was just telling you. Uh, and the best way to decide which to do when is to look at it in terms of your relationship to the person that you are uh, uh, conflicting with. Uh, and also, how important is the result to you? So basically, you're looking at those two things in the situation to decide how you want to deal with the conflict. So um, if this is a person that you're never going to see again, um, you don't know, you don't really care about, about them, um, that might be a situation where you would be in a void. Um, and uh, if this is somebody that you are in a relationship, uh, but perhaps uh, it doesn't really make a whole lot of difference to how it comes out, maybe that's a situation you would use a void in. Um, However, if, if it's a situation where it is a relationship and think family, coworker, friend, neighbor, pretty much anybody that you're going to have another interaction with in the future, you need to at least be looking at that um, uh, at least halfway of the relationship is important to you. Um, so with in that kind of a situation, you might want to use accommodate. If the outcome is not so very important to you at that moment, but that relationship is, then accommodating them at that time um, could be a way of dealing with it. And again, we talked about if it is important to you, the outcome is important to you, then you need to move to one of the um, collaboration or compromise. Um, 
If you uh, really want your way, and again, I talked about you don't have a relationship with this person. It might be somebody, you know, um, in a grocery store. You both want the same product, and you're never going to see each other again. And it's really important that you get that particular product. You may fight a little bit harder and, and say, I really want this. It's so vitally important. You might even tell them why you want or need it. Maybe it's a gift or a unique thing that you couldn't find anywhere else, and they may have just thought it was an interesting um, product. So that would be when you would want to use Compete. Um, And then again, when you're in some sort of a competition. So um, if you're in a relationship with the person um, that is very important to you and you have a specific interest in how it all comes out, that's when we use that collaboration and compromise as we talked about before. So um, that's basically the five styles. It gives you an idea of um, what the styles are. So you've got more uh, more to work with when you find yourself in a conflict. Um, but the difficulty can often be, well, okay, so I've, I'm in a conflict, and what do I do about it? Um, I know that I'm, I, maybe I've even figured out what type of style I need to use when I'm dealing with this person, but I'm not quite sure um, how to uh, go about it. How do I start? What do I say? How does this go? And so that takes us into our next segment, uh, which is going to be about um, uh, how we can deal with conflict by uh, having uh, a set of steps that you can walk through. And um, what ended up happening as a trainer in a large healthcare organization for many years, um, my cohorts and I taught many classes on dealing with conflict. And my leader, Carolyn Hildebrandt, came up with six steps uh, in the process of dealing with conflict to help people have a positive outcome. So I thought they were great, except I have a really bad memory. And so I thought, well, I'm going to try and come up with a mnemonic that might help us to be able to um, to deal, uh, to remember these at the time that you're in the situation. It's kind of embarrassing when you have to say, wait, wait, um, I need to go and uh, review my notes about, <coughs> excuse me, dealing with conflict. Um, so you want to be able to have something you can remember at the time. So the first step is, um, uh, I should tell you that the mnemonic that it came up with was reason, uh, R-E-A-S-O-N. The word was helpful to me because it's what I want to be. I want to be reasonable. I want to be using my reason when I'm in a conflict situation rather than using perhaps my um, my emotions. And uh, so that's a great time to be able to think in terms of what are the steps I need to do. So the first step is R, and that is recognize that there is a conflict. And for many of us, this is actually maybe a very hard thing to do. Um, one way you might realize you're in a conflict is that you may be feeling angry or frustrated or you're obsessed with a person or a situation. You just keep coming back thinking about it. Maybe you can't sleep at night. Somehow or another, this thing just keeps um, annoying you. And that might be your first clue that you're in a conflict. Once you recognize it and you decide you do want to resolve it, um, then you need to take some steps to do so. Uh, don't just assume 
uh, that the other person is aware of the conflict. Many times uh, they aren't. Um, it may be something that has bothered you, but is not bothering them at all. So my first rule in relation to this is whoever notices it first is responsible to take the first step. And many times people will say to me, well, that's not fair. How come I always have to be the big person and and come forward? And that's the reality. If you're the person that noticed it, you're the person it's bothering, then you're the person who gets to take um, some steps for it to resolve it. So... um, The next step is emotions, and this is probably um, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why people don't want to go near conflict. Uh, If we are someone who is not comfortable with emotion, our own or especially other people's emotions, conflict resolution becomes a really scary place to go. Knowing about ourselves and when we are most likely to have an outburst of negative, which I would consider unhelpful emotions, uh, we would have a better chance of avoiding uh, that happening. So um, my most dangerous times are when I'm hungry, uh, when I'm tired, when I'm in pain. And uh, what is most helpful at these times for me is to apologize and excuse myself for the moment and promise to discuss it at an agreed upon time. This is sort of like they avoid one. Um, You are taking a step back from it, but you're, you're letting them know that you do want to discuss it, that they are important to you and that it is important that um, this gets resolved. You just need some time to think about it, to calm down and all of that. So we all have hot buttons, and I think of these as things that certain people think family, uh, friends, uh, people who are the closest to us seem to know how to just set off those hot buttons. And, um, and so that's something that if we know what our hot buttons are, uh, we can be a little bit more aware when it seems like they're being touched or tested. So um, it can be also certain topics that might set us off. And that could be a perfect stranger could come up and start on a topic that they have no idea that that's a hot button for you. And you can think of uh, family, politics, religion, uh, any of those things that can set us off. So another way that we can get, um, that we should be aware of our own emotions, and uh, that is that we can get hooked by a person Uh, about an issue that we actually have with someone else. So maybe somebody is presenting to you that uh, is talking about an issue that you have conflict with somebody else about. And um, the thing that comes to mind is, say, um, you have a real ongoing uh, uh, debate with somebody about finishing your work at the end of the shift and not letting it go on to the next shift. And then somebody else who is not a part of that discussion at all suddenly comes up and says, oh, my goodness, I am running behind. I'm not going to be able to finish my work. Um, could you please help me out? And uh, so you may be reacting as though you're reacting to that other person. You've already talked with this about several times and come across overly strong or overly angry. Um, So sometimes we are assuming something about that other person that may not be true. Uh, We might be thinking that they're just trying to get in conflict or they're just trying to make me mad or upset me. Um, Or we may assign a negative judgment about them, that they're ignorant or arrogant or selfish or whatever word it is. 
even if we don't say that word to them, if that word is in our mind, the interactions that we're having with them going forward uh, non-verbally will come across to them as, um, as being a negative. Uh, many times I have uh, thought that I know how the other person is going to react and I want to control that reaction. Maybe I think that they will be insulted, furious, unreasonable, so maybe I don't even want to approach the subject with them. So um, that basically denies them the opportunity to be able to have a positive discussion with you because you've already decided it's not possible. So um, when I can let go of what, whatever their reaction might be and just stay focused on my message, hopefully maintaining that as a respectful message, um, it's very possible that they can rise to the occasion and be respectful in return. So we're going to go to break again here. And um, uh, again, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. Our topic, if you've just joined us, is um, conflict resolution. Terrified? Don't be. So we've got lots of things to talk about on the um, backside of this. So come on back. Thank you for listening. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, we are back. And um, this segment today is called Conflict Resolution. Terrified? Don't be. 
Oftentimes, uh, when we have something to fall back on, we've had some training in dealing with a specific situation, we tend to be a lot more confident about it. And that's basically what we're trying to do here today. Um, I did go through five different styles of dealing with conflict, um, being avoid, uh, accommodate, uh, compete, compromise, and collaborate. And now we're talking about some steps that we can go through in order to uh, actually deal with the situation. So we talked about uh, using a mnemonic called REASON, R-E-A-S-O-N. We talked about R being recognizing that there's a conflict and making a determination of how or um, what's going to be the best way for you to deal with it, meaning which style, um, how you want to proceed. The second one is E for emotions, and many of us who are not comfortable with our emotions feels uh, like this is probably one of the things that sends us wanting to avoid or wanting to run from the conflict. However, if we understand our own emotions, we understand when they most impact us, we can actually use um, uh, these styles and these steps to help us have a better outcome uh, in this conflict. So the next one that we're going to talk about is uh, a very hard one for many of us, especially if we're not the kind of people who step up or stand out. Um, this one is A, and it's A for approach. So we're basically, this would be the step when we have decided, yes, I'm in a conflict. I think I've got some things figured out about how I want to deal with this. I have to approach that person. And uh, especially making sure that you're approaching them in a respectful and hopefully private way. So you're not coming up to them in the hallway somewhere and, and uh, laying on them. I'm really mad at you about something. Uh, generally, it doesn't go very well. So this part of the process is... Um, when we uh, need to let go of our ego and uh, remember that the whole thing about resolving conflict is about trust. And what are those ways that I can best um, establish trust between me and the other person? One is to show that you can listen to them and two, that you uh, are respectful uh, toward them. So um, just approaching a person with your concern is an act of respect. And many times people don't get that. They're like, what do you mean? I, I don't like to have people tell me they're mad at me. But think about how do you feel about that same person uh, taking the issue to your boss instead of to you personally. So by coming to you personally, even though it might be hard for them and hard for you, it actually is showing you respect. And um, so thinking of it in that way instead of, you know, reacting in a, in a negative or harsh way. So if you're the person who is approaching, you need to name the issue from your point of view um, using just the facts. So on this day and time, uh, let's say I'll give an example of maybe we can go back to the uh, asking you to do things for them. So, you know, Joan... Um, Yesterday you asked me to, or two days ago you asked me to take your shift for you, and uh, I agreed to do it, 
But I've noticed that this happens many times that in the last, I'm not sure if you're realizing it, but in the last month, you've asked me to take a shift for you three different times. And that's, that's quite a bit. It means that I have to rearrange my schedule and um, this causes difficulty and conflict in my family. So I'd just like to point it out and maybe we could talk about it and find a way that um, this could be handled uh, in, um, in a better way. And I, I would love to hear your input on it. So basically what you're doing is you're naming, uh, you're going to them respectfully. You are naming the issue from the way you're looking at it. And um, you're using just facts, not emotions, not name calling, etc. So they may not even have a problem with that issue and may be very grateful to you for bringing it up that you are having it. So be honest about your feelings. Uh, not using inflammatory terms or name calling usually doesn't go well and hair pulling is especially not helpful Um, remember every conflict has at least two sides your side and the other person's side and if there's more people involved then there's a lot more sides however the truth is usually somewhere in between and this is sometimes called the third story so basically um, if, if you think about uh, uh, the, the third story as an actual building and if you're looking down from the third story of a building at an accident occurring on the, on the ground below you um, probably even if there was a person on each one of those corners each of them would have seen or experienced the accident in a different way and have a different story the person seeing it from the top may have uh, be able to kind of blend all of the experiences of the four people below and come up with a more integrated story that is closer to the whole truth. Um, So that's approach. Uh, Seek, once you've got, you've approached them, um, you are ready to uh, engage with them, you really need to make sure they understand that you are very willing to listen to them. And this step also involves um, reflecting back what you understand of what they're saying. Many people feel very awkward during this step. Um, It's the best way to be sure that a communication has been received clearly and correctly, and it shows respect to them. However, most of us want to get to our point of view as soon as possible. Uh, We want to convince the other person of our point of view. And so it's sort of like, even if we're listening, we're just sort of waiting for them to take a breath so that we can jump in. We might uh, assume that we know what they're going to say and that we've got a really snappy reply for it. And we may even be right, but basically it is blatantly showing them disrespect. When we're willing to take that time to continue to hear them, relay back to them, let them say yes or no, you've got it. That's, um, that's how we really build trust. Um, so when we are um, responding quickly and um, not very positively to them, uh, that's when we, we destroy the trust that we've just been trying to build. So do you know what the four levels of listening are? Um, usually when we talk about this, it would be silence, just listening, looking at them, um, that sort of thing. Basic acknowledgments adds in that you're nodding your head. You might be saying, hmm, or oh, or um, you might even be asking questions like, tell me more about that. Um, 
If you're asking questions, you want to make sure that they're open-ended questions. You don't want to ask a question that they can answer yes or no. Um, it, it often doesn't give any more clarity to the situation and uh, shuts down communication. By then again, with each of those things, reflecting back, here's what I heard. Um, again, they feel like they've got time to make sure that you do understand. Um, you have it, or, or like you say, I've got it, I've got it. But you don't have it until they say you have it. A uh, hard concept for many of us to, um, to accept. So you also might want to look in terms of what interests you both have in common. And in the hospital um, healthcare situation, it might be the comfort, safety, and health of your patients. So you may be at odds about how to get there, but at, at tart, you both want that um, as the outcome. Um, another thing we need to do is admit our mistakes, and some of us are really bad <laughs> at doing that, and I'm, I'm one of them. However, um, relationships are really, really important to me. And so my, my ex-husband actually was able to teach me this lesson, that if I can say, um, if I have said or done anything that has damaged our relationship, I am sorry. And I can be so very sincere about it because that is indeed something that's very important to me. However, if you say those words, you say the right words, but you say them very offhandedly or um, in a disrespectful way, um, it actually works against you. So whatever it is you're going to say to be able to admit a mistake or to open up a conversation, it has to be sincere. You need to leave out your judgments. Uh, many times we have some idea about um, who they are, what they are, and I kind of talked about some of those before is, you know, they're an idiot or they're arrogant or selfish or whatever the thought is that we have. And even if we don't say that judgment or say that word, uh, if it's in our mind, it will come across non-verbally. And so it's very important that we just let go of those completely and think in terms of, this person is doing what they're doing because it makes sense to them. How can I truly understand from their point of view why it makes sense? Um, the next one is you want to look for options. So O, we're on R-E-A-S-O-N. So options is asking for a commitment with that other person. Uh, once, I guess I left out, once you've listened to them, that's when you can ask, may I tell you my opinion or how I'm seeing it? And boy, if you've just listened to them and been very respectful and supporting them and trying to really understand what they're saying, it's pretty hard for them to say, no, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Uh, so that's your opportunity. Once you've been able to each state your opinions, then it's time to get some options on the table. How are we going to deal with this in the future? Clearly, we didn't maybe do so well in the past, but how can we do this in the future? So we ask for a commitment to work together on coming up with uh, as many options as possible that meet both of your interests. And here's one that really works well. If you actually come up with suggestions for um, options that meet their uh, needs as well as your own, you'd be surprised how impressive that is. And then they start to think about, hmm, well, maybe I can come up with some things too that would be workful, uh, work well for this other person. So you're asking to team up and um, 
you what I often tell um, people when I'm working with them is to try to come up with a hundred options. You may not get that far before you both run out, but they can end up being really hilarious. They can be things like, um, well, you know, one of us has to go to the moon or, um, you know, whatever it would be. And in trying hard to come up with something, you get kind of silly, silly and it can be hilarious. Once you start laughing together, it really... Um, takes the seriousness of the the problem away and you start to feel more like it's a fun thing that you can work on together. So, But the key thing is you don't want to start evaluating these options until you're out of ideas, when you realize you have to quit because you just don't have another single new idea. And right after that is when you go into the N of reason is negotiate. Uh, You want to go for a win-win, if possible, and in the process of coming up with all these options, you've maybe um, come to be a little bit more um, in favor of the other person's having a good outcome. And so, uh, you know, you're going to toss out most of them, maybe three or four of those hundred you came up with are actually doable, and then um, see if you can come up with the best possible thing. If you don't have a real strong trust with this individual or a long relationship, you may want to actually put it in writing uh, and have each of you sign it. Then you need to decide how you're going to follow up on it. Are you going to get back together again and see how you each have been doing? Um, And then um, realizing that if you've had this conflict with each other, it's very possible that you could have more conflicts in the future. So deciding how will we deal with a conflict that comes up between us in the future so that we don't have to get to a point where it feels very uncomfortable. So so these are some fairly simple and yet um, very, very useful and helpful things uh, to be able to deal with conflict. So... um, I I could say so simple, right? Like uh, everything, uh, like like it is so easy. It really is like everything else in our life. It's uh, that's worthwhile. It takes practice, and it takes a lot of practice. Um, As you have more success with positive outcomes, you begin to be more confident, and you begin to be more willing to start a conflict resolution, have that courage to be able to be the one who starts it. Um, However, I do remember uh, a conflict guru by the name of Alex Hyam. He's one of the people that I had mentioned before. Um, He said, and I'm not quoting exactly, but basically that if you can make even one positive change in how you deal with conflict, uh, you can see a phenomenal change in the quality of your life going forward. And I can attest that's true. We've come to the end of our show. I am so sorry uh, because it's been kind of fun. So this has been Conflict Resolution, Terrified, Don't Be. And I hope that you've heard something here that is um, helpful for you. We will be back again next Monday, and we will be talking with male nurses. And uh, I know I've promised this before, but it's actually going to happen next week. So thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing your support and uh, encouragement. And I will talk with you next week. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.